Good evening and welcome to a show of harmonics. Today's guest is somebody really, really bright, colorful, energetic, Jacques Coudreau. Jacques, how are you? Hey, Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Show me your rings, man. Show the rings. <laughs> man, we're going to have a party tonight, man. We're going to do yeah, this. Can you dig it? And what's the name of your band, the band that you're playing with right now? I'm in a band called Rewind That 80s Band, mm -hmm. hence my you're special look, yes. I like that look, man. You're doing Thanks, all right? Greg. Yeah, I'm trying, you know. You, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. So we're, I'm going to get right into this, man, because, you know, your look, man, you look like you're just getting stepped out of L.A. somewhere. Paris, New York, wherever, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so tell me about your early beginnings. What, 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 what all happened? In, how did you start all this in your early beginnings when you were young? Well, I, I will say that my grandmother was a jazz singer in Los Angeles in the 20s. And she played with Gus Arnheim and um, a couple other uh, pretty well-known band leaders at the time. And mm -hmm. she, had a, uh, she had her own radio show live on the air with a big band behind her. Mm -hmm. And she used to do this deal down in Tijuana in like 1928. Amazing. Pretty cool. And uh, so then my dad came along and uh, my dad is from San Lorenzo. Okay. And uh, went to San Lorenzo High School, class of 57. Okay. And he was a rock and roll singer. Really? And he worked with Don Barksdale out of Oakland. Uh, you know, Don Barksdale, mm -hmm. pretty famous guy. Yes, very famous. And um, my dad recorded um, four records with Don Barksdale. Um, one called Lobo Jones, which has been re-released all over the world on CDs. Alec Palau actually produced a CD with my dad. And no, Alec, very well. Yeah, he did all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, he did a song called... Uh, Raised on Rock and Roll, Rocket Up to the Moon, on Rhythm Records, mm -hmm. Don Barksdale's label. Wow. Then he got a deal with Decca, and they flew him back to New York City, and he did uh, four singles with Decca, or four sides with Decca, mm -hmm. two of which have been released, and mm -hmm. the other two have never been released, but I have acetates of them. You still have those? I do. Um, the Lobo Jones record is the one that everybody wants. It's worth about $3,000 for a Virgil 45. I got wow. a couple of them. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, before we, we came into the studio, before we did started this interview with you, you were talking about uh, Sugar Pie uh, Santos. Yeah. yeah. Your dad and her played on the same bill. Is that, was, they, is that right? They did, yeah. In fact, uh, you'll see the graphic at some point. Um, I have a poster of one of their shows. I think it's from 1958, the Redwood City Veterans Hall or something. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure I have the only copy ever mm -hmm. um, of that poster because it was taken off of a uh, off of off of a pole my dad's best friend was his manager oh, and he great. pulled it off of a pole uh -huh. and about 15 years ago he gave that to me for christmas such um, a and it's the gift. only one probably in existence it's pretty neat such a beautiful gift for the you. only other one i've seen is village music up in mill valley same poster no it's the same format different show mm -hmm. and he has one uh, up there and it was in his window and his was all faded out Amazing. And I tried to buy it, and it was pretty pricey. So I, I mine is perfect. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a beautiful thing, because that's basically how they did a lot of promo. It was either on radio or on uh, telephone poles. Yeah. Now, right? the other cool thing about my dad is that he opened for Gene Vincent at the Sweets Ballroom, <laughs> 1959. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. That is very cool. Uh, Jeff Beck uh, is a big fan of Gene uh, Vincent and did a, an album of... Yeah, I have oh, it. Yeah. Oh, I have the video, the DVD. It's great, great. I love, I'm a big Rockabilly fan. Oh, then you, let's take a little moment of silence just for a second 
for uh, the great Billy London. Yeah, Billy, he was a great, he was the real deal. He was the real deal, he came on the show, and um, we're thinking about you, Billy. God bless you. Yeah. So let's go into your own okay. musical career. When did that start? When did you get the, you know, the, the that you the wanted itch. to play music and the urge and the desire and the passion? All right, so I started on drums when I was eight years old <laughs> out in Pleasanton. I was raised out there, and uh, that's back when they had band in school, you know, elementary school band. I played the drums exactly. in the third grade. Mm -hmm. And uh, then in junior high school, I, I started on guitar and bass, and I played in the school jazz band. Mm -hmm. uh, seventh, eighth grade, learned how to read music and stuff. I also played the drums. Mm -hmm. And I transitioned to bass guitar mm -hmm. because my buddy was a drummer. Mm -hmm. And I was a little better than him, so he convinced me I should be the bass player in the jazz band. He'd be the drummer. Sound like the Van Halen's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was um, that was pretty good. And then I, w I went to Foothill High School out in Pleasanton, and mm -hmm. I played in the jazz band out there all four years. Wow. And I uh, played played bass guitar, and we went to like the Reno Jazz Festival and the Portland Jazz Festival, all that neat stuff. And mm -hmm. um, in my senior year, I ended up having a band called the Slugs. And we played on campus. We played all the high school parties, and I continued on with that. Beer cakes. Beer cakes, <laughs> yeah. In fact, I'll recall a show we did down in Pomona. We did like this little West Coast fraternity tour. We ended up in Pomona mm -hmm. down south and uh, played this, this frat party, and there was like two inches of beer on the floor. <laughs> and this guy kept hitting the mic stand into my face, into my lips, you know, and that right. happens. It really just not pleasant. Right, right. And I finally knew the guy was really drunk. So I told him, I said, uh, if you hit me again, I'm gonna hurt you, hurt you bad. I told his buddies, like, get this guy out of here. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, wham, hit me right in the face. I took the edge of my Les Paul and smashed him in the face. <laughs> and he just went, he went down, down and I saw the splash. And then I saw him being dragged away. Uh -huh. And I'm sure the next morning he woke up and tried to figure out what happened to him that night. You got hit by a Les Paul. You got hit by a Les Paul. <laughs> it was not good, but I had a bloody lip. So, uh, so you—that's interesting that you talked about high school uh, bands. Yeah, very uh, important. It—that's where you, that's really such a great breeding ground of talent right there. You meet a lot of different people. They really don't—they don't really do the arts that well in school. In college, it's uh, sure it's different. And you were a student here, right? I went to Chabot. Yeah, I was here from uh, September of 1983 mm -hmm. through. Um, Probably March of '86. Mm -hmm. um, so, and in fact, when you mentioned high school, I went to high school with a couple of guys that are really making it in the music business. Mm -hmm. One guy's name is Roger Manning, and he was in a band called Jellyfish. I mm -hmm. uh, went to Amador High School. He and I won the eighth grade talent show. Together. Was he with together? You Me and him oh, in that's the eighth grade great. talent show in Pleasanton. And also a guy named Ryan Roxy mm -hmm. plays with Alice Cooper. Alice. Um, yeah, and he and I used to jam in high school and. He's really achieved. I mean, he's got his own radio talk show, his podcast. Mm -hmm. He's in Stockholm, but um, what still, a great place to be. Yeah, you know, the guy's made it. Oh, well, hey, you're making it. You're right here, hey, man. You you're know, making it. I do what I can. That's right, and and you know, it's always about really making it. Is just being able to do it. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, we all have seen the the rag papers where people have said this about a person, or that you're still about and you're still vibrant. Yeah. Um, you know, who have you played with? I, you mentioned a few names, but your groups, you, you just, yeah. who did you play, who have you played with over so, the years? So after the Slugs, um, I was in the printing business at the time, and I mm -hmm. ended up uh, working with a guy named Luke Skyscraper James. Luke's, true? True, Luke Skyscraper James <laughs> uh, was in a band called Fashion right. uh, out of Birmingham, England, and mm -hmm. they were sort of a punk, 
reggae band, and they, they, they played with like Duran Duran and The Cure and The Police. In fact, in 79, they opened for The Police on their first U.S. tour. Really? Really. Mm -hmm. Luke is six feet ten. And that song in, in, in uh, you know, Your Brother's Gonna Kill Me in Six Feet Ten, that yeah. was about him. Oh, really? Seriously. Oh, and what instrument did he play? He played guitar, and he's a pr very prolific songwriter. He's still going strong, and we're still good friends. And mm -hmm. he and I and a couple of guys from the Slugs, we started a band. Mm -hmm. And we actually recorded a CD mm -hmm. of, I think, about 12 or 14 original songs that mm -hmm. Luke wrote. And it's very good. I'm very proud of it. Mm -hmm. Didn't sell it. We just made it kind of for ourselves. We I did understand. it at a place called Lumberjack productions down in uh, off Tennyson okay uh, back in the that was like 94 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then um, 99 rolled along and uh, re I responded to an ad in the very last issue of BAM BAM magazine uh, I miss for, that magazine yeah you know and it sat on my table for a couple weeks and I saw this ad I was trying to find a band and mm -hmm. it said classic rock band looking for guitar player San Lorenzo record uh, re re rehearsal space mm -hmm. So I'm like, wow, I live in San Lorenzo, I'm ready. So I responded to the ad and I showed up. And uh, who shows up at the same time but John Robertson, mutual <laughs> friend. Okay. And John Robertson and I both have the same Sunburst Les Paul and the same Dan Electro Distortion pedal. And we're looking yeah. at each other like, what? okay. And we start playing and I play this chord. And he goes, where'd you learn that chord? I'm all, well, that's a, that's a 13th chord, man. He goes, I know what chord that is. I said, only one guy plays that chord, Truman Lee. Wow. And I said, uh, I said, well, I took lessons from Truman Lee in the 70s. He says, yeah, and I took lessons from Truman Lee in the 60s. Unbelievable. Serious. So, so that was like. That's you guys honed right in there. Boom. We were, we were. You brothers. We, we bonded, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we did that band for 16 years. Really? Yeah. Played, so you played a lot of places. We played a lot of places. We also did a lot of recording. And what was the name of the band again? The Die Hearts. The Die Hearts. Out of Hayward. We played almost every Hayward Street Party up mm -hmm. until 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, worked with a guy named Lou Doran, who uh, is a holds patents for quadraphonic uh, audio. Mm -hmm. He's a kind of a mad scientist. He's since passed away a few years ago, but he knew the Bo Brummels. He knew a guy named Butch Engel in the Sticks. Mm -hmm. um, he worked at Fantasy in the late '60s. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, he kind of hired us as his studio band. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of like sessions for artists that he wanted to demo. Uh, he connected us with Ron Elliott from the Bo Brummels in mm -hmm. 2003. Ron had a bunch of songs that he had written, uh, music only. Mm -hmm. And the band wrote music around Elliott's lyrics, and we recorded a rock opera mm -hmm. called Storyteller. Mm -hmm. And it's Lord of the Rings is what it is. Interesting. Um, it's pretty cool. I'm very proud of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few years later, uh, 2011, uh, the Bo Brummels got back together, and we recorded an album with the Bo Brummels at the studio. That uh, must have been fine. You do Laugh Laugh with them? We did. And Don't Talk to Strangers, mm -hmm. and um, I remember the other hit that they had. There was like three three. Yeah, they had some three three great ones. But Alec was on that. Alec was involved in that. He, he wrote the liner notes for the record. Yes. And uh, it was the first time that all four original guys, except John Peterson, because he had passed away, but all four guys were in the studio at the same time. Mm -hmm. Declan Mulligan, who left the band in 65, was there. Really? Sal was there, Ron Meager, Ron Sal's Elliott. Sal's a great guy. So for me, it was just like... So you played with them? Yeah, we did the tracks. We recorded the... We Beautiful. played the, I played mostly um, acoustic, electric rhythm guitar. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a, like a color man, so I mm -hmm. like... I had textures and things shade. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so much of a lead guitar player as I am mm -hmm. a riff guy and textures. Mm -hmm. um, but just playing with those guys in the same studio was really 
incredible. Was that fantasy you said? No, this was our uh, Lou's studio. He had a 48-track digital studio built in a um, <laughs> one of these storage containers out really? at Alameda Point, right by the Hornet. Oh, really? Yeah. So we, we recorded that thing, and gosh, we it was a whirlwind. And unfortunately, it I don't know. I wasn't that happy with it because it wasn't mixed very well. And mm -hmm. frankly, you know, we'd rehearse the track with Elliot on a Thursday night, and we'd lay it down on Saturday. Okay. So we didn't really have time to flush out the songs mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, anyway. But it was an amazing experience for me. Mm -hmm. Just being with those guys and hearing the stories from oh, the, back the in the day. Oh, the stories they had. They were, they were, well, they're legends. Obviously, they're legends. But Sal and that song and the Bull Brummels, they were yeah. just... You know, they were the San Francisco sound. That's right. You know, along with this Jefferson uh, Airplane, you know, all this Janice, all, they were all in that time period. They were actually the, like the first big San Francisco band. The first. Before the Jefferson. yeah. All of them before yeah. Janice, they were like the, you know, their, how they dress and how they look. They were, well, they looked like San Francisco Beatles. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, they were just, they were just great guys. I, I was lucky enough to, um, Ha, uh, to meet Sal at a, a book signing, the largest book signing at, uh, that we did, it's uh, at Barnes and Nobles, and it was, it was just great to have him. Alec was there, and was that for the East Bay Garage Man books? Mm -hmm. I was there. Mm -hmm. and I got all my books signed. Okay, then yeah. you uh, probably got my uh, my name. In, in fact, Sujoy and I actually filmed that. That was that yeah. we had that documented because we knew that that was an important piece of history yeah. in East Bay. It's a lot really of those guys good. aren't with us anymore. Rick Stevens. Oh, Rick Gone. is a great guy. We yeah. did Rick, too, when he first came yeah. out. We got lucky to get Rick. God bless you, Rick, also, man. All of you guys that you, you have passed. So um, let's talk about your collectibles. What's up with the, what are you, what is your collectibles? Mm -hmm. Oh, so I'm big on mid-century, like 50s stuff, mm -hmm. 50s, 60s. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a, my house is kind of like a 50s museum, you know. It's uh, lots of, like, Haywood Wakefield furniture and funky 50s lamps and stuff. And I got a little guitar collection, of course. Mm -hmm. I like Firebirds and Gretches, mm -hmm. kind of my thing. Um, but I also like, really like collecting vintage media. So when you talk about media, are you talking about tape recordings? Tapes, slides, mm -hmm. photographs, uh, mm -hmm. paper ephemera as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but I particularly like the tapes. Mm -hmm. I have a pretty nice reel-to-reel -reel deck. Okay. And um, I find reel-to-reel -reel tapes at estate sales all the time. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, they're not labeled correctly. It's just, you know, there's nothing on it, so it's totally hit and miss. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you really score big, and you get lucky, and I did. Mm -hmm. About seven or maybe six or seven years ago, I found a collection of about 30 or 40 reel-to-reel -reel tapes. Mm -hmm. And every one of them was labeled like KPFA, KMPX, Larry Miller Show, right? Unbelievable. And so I bought them all. Mm -hmm. And I started listening to them, and they are literally hours and hours and hours of just off-the-air recordings from KMPX from the Summer of Love up until they went off the air. Unbelievable. It, and you got that in a state sale? For almost nothing. I rescued them from the trash is how I look at it. They oh, would have gone in the dumpster. Yes, yes. Um, and that was just because I recognized KMPX. I knew about KMPX. And of course. That kind of thing. And um, I didn't know who Larry Miller was, though. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm buying these. So I actually only bought half of them. Mm -hmm. And I went home and I put one on, and I was like, Oh my God, because mm -hmm. it's like pristine. It's like being in the control booth in 1967. Wow. And I told my wife, I said, we're going back first thing tomorrow. We're going to find every sinking tape in this place <laughs> and we're going to buy it. And that's, that's what we did. Great. But it's, it's incredible because like Larry Miller was the overnight guy. Mm -hmm. He came on at 10 p.m. and went to 6 a.m. And what he, he did is he had uh, 
in in studio guests come in mm -hmm. uh, after they played in the city that night. It'd mm -hmm. be like one or two in the morning and they'd come on and they'd spend the rest of the night with Larry Miller. Just hanging out. Hanging out. So yeah. I have one with Cream. Okay. One of my favorite bands. Jack Bruce, Ginger Baker, and of course, Eric Clapton. This was um, about a month before Disraeli Gears came out. You've got to be kidding me. And Felix Pepilardi was there with them, who was their manager at the time. And he brought a rough dub of Disraeli Gears, and they played it on the air a month before it was released. Rough cuts. They hadn't even finished recording the album yet. And Cream talked about every track, and then they played it. And then they said, on the air, they said, this has never been played before. It's the first time ever on the air. And unfortunately for me, I only have an hour and a half of it, and the tape ran out. Mm -hmm. But it went on probably all night. But the, but the music was being played while they were yeah, yeah, talking. Yeah. yeah, well, they'd say, oh, this next song is called, you know, White Room or whatever, mm -hmm. or Strange Brew or mm -hmm. something. And then they'd say, well... This is how it went, mate. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's a really small booth, and you can hear them they're eating hamburgers. You hear them doing the rappers. and I mean, it's really intimate. <laughs> I heard the Brits when they first came to the United States. They loved our uh, our burgers. Oh yeah, burgers. They and don't fries. have those. Uh, they don't have wimpies. That. They have wimpies in London. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, I think it's a real treasure. This recording. Oh, and, most definitely. And I've I've ripped it to MP3, and you know I can't find any any um, reference to anybody else having it, other than I was on YouTube looking at Larry Miller. He passed away too in 2015. Mm -hmm. He's given this interview about his radio career, and he says. The coolest thing that ever happened to me was that I interviewed The Cream in 1967 and Felix Pepilardi brought the tape down and we played it a month before it came out, man. Right. And he says it was awesome and we got in so much trouble. Whether uh, Atco threatened to sue everybody oh. until they had 50,000 advanced orders and then we were marketing geniuses. <laughs> but the fact that Larry mentioned that like validated how cool it was to have the recording. Have. And you have that still? I do. And it's on MP3, and I'll even give you a copy of it. Oh, that'd be a pleasure. Thank you so yeah. much. So you, you collect guitars. What is your oldest guitar? A my Gretsch? oldest guitar actually is my dad's 1960 Martin Triple Odd 18G. It's a nylon string folk guitar. Because he sold his Gretsch in 1960 and bought this thing, and he did the folk thing. He played the Hungry Eye and North Beach and all that oh, stuff. He did so, musical them are names as, as, that, that are just, people forget about them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, people forget me. You could walk by, uh, you know, on North Beach, and you could walk by the Hungry Eye. The, I remember they used to have a little painting right, right. there, and you know, so many people, so many great people performed. The Kingston there. Trio. I mean, they made an album there, right? Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Lenny so, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. You know, iconic. So you have vintage media, you have collectibles. What's your, your music? Uh, uh, these are music things. What other items do you collect? And obviously, your house must look like a museum if you. It's have a little cluttered. Like, do you, so you haven't categorized everything yet? Well, or like you? my vinyl, I've got, you know, LPs and CDs and, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of 45s. I probably got 3,000 LPs and probably 2,000 45s and mm -hmm. five or 600 um, mm -hmm. uh, CDs. My, my thing is the Beatles. I was always really into the Beatles. Amen. I had a massive collection, which I sold. Do you, do you still do Beatles music yourself? Oh, yeah. yeah. I have it all memorized. I don't even have to listen to it. I just, just I think about a song and I hear it in my head. Mm -hmm. But... Mm -hmm. Um, so this um, Rewind band, mm -hmm. we have an acoustic version called Unwind. And we do, it's not just 80s, we do like, uh, like I do some Beatles songs mm -hmm. and we do 
60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. And you're doing an acoustic? Oh, yeah, yeah. And how many people are, are We're involved? We're like five of us. We have like djembe and bongos and... Oh, so you, you're actually having a whole ensemble then. Yeah, and we change the arrangements too, so we sort of acoustify the arrangements. Mm -hmm. It's more than just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty hip, you know. We, mm -hmm. We've done like some, some reggae treatments to some songs. To that, some of the, to the Beatles? Yeah, yeah, we have. We've done some cool stuff That's and good. it's just That's totally... Good off the cuff because we've all been playing for years you go hey let's just try a little like little samba on this deal mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. next thing you know it's like hey that's awesome that's mm -hmm. that rocks you know that's really that's really interesting that you do something like that because the beatles music the beatles are my biggest influence them Me and too. the stones uh they've always been you know this, they were so clean when they first came out and i remember my neighbors they were when they were watching them I, my reaction was, I like these four guys because, you know, I've been, you've seen the black and white. Right. But what really set me off was, I was seeing all these girls just like going crazy. That's why you get into music, That's right? right. You know, I'm not <laughs> lying here, am I? No, not at all. It's all, all truth, right. brother. All truth. So when you do your Beatles stuff, yeah. right, the acoustic, um, do you do it in front of audience or is oh, it yeah. just for, oh. Yeah, yeah, so Unwind is a thing. Like, we play gigs as Unwind. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm just involved in this other trio. I just started up, um, it's called In the Groove Trio. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got a couple gigs coming up mm -hmm. uh, in the next mm -hmm. month or so. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I do like Here Comes the Sun, and I do Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood is probably my favorite Beatles song. Just, Great I love song. the whole vibe of it. You know, the, the riff is awesome. I once had a girl, right? Or should I say, say she had that me. me? It was great, yeah. man. We could do that. That's and I, great. And I know the I know the like the actual way to play it, you know, mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. capo on the I think the third fret and mm -hmm. the E and Isn't that a great song? Oh man. When I first when I learned how to play that right, mm -hmm. I was like over the moon on that thing. Mm -hmm. And here comes mm -hmm. the sun too. It's great. I, I can play that, good you know, song. and I learned that by watching a Saturday night live episode with George Harrison and Paul Simon. Together the on the show? Yeah. They played that song. Didn't see it. In the 77, I think. Okay. 76. Yeah. And I was watching him. Oh, he's got the capo on seven. Ah, deform of A on, you know, like, You oh. got to put a George. You got to put it on seven. The f how good is that? That's right. I was very excited when I learned how to play that it, song. It is exciting when you learn something from those, well. Who wrote it? Yeah, man. It doesn't mean, get any better than it that. It doesn't get any better than that. So what are like, what are some of your projects? What are you looking for? Is it okay if I call you Leggy? Please call me Leggy. In fact, Leggy, uh -huh. so Let's the actual name I should, I should mention. Yes. It's Leggy Big Girl's Blouse. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are uh, familiar with UK nomenclature, you know, it's, uh, there's some... Tell us what it is. If they want well, to it's kind of like if you're like... Uh, on the feminine side of life, you're a big girl. Hey, you big girl's blouse. You know that's what they tell you. Mm -hmm. um, so, I got that from my friend Luke because mm -hmm. he always used to call me that. Hey, you big girl's blouse. I'm like, that's funny. And then Leggy came from. Remember the Ruddles? Yes. All you need is cash. Yes. Leggy Mountbatten was, was their manager, right? Hopping around Liverpool, you know, with tight trousers and okay. all that stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Leggy, I'm like, when we first started this band, I was thinking, what would be funny, like. I mean, kind of an insider thing, but well, what's you're funny? You're having humor. Leggy big girl's blouse is funny. And then look at me, right? I'm like, you know, in my 50s. <laughs> hey, Just I'm, kicking ass. He's in his 50s and he's still kicking ass, man. I'm having more fun you know, now than I've ever had not, in my right? entire life. You know? So what are some of your projects? What are you looking forward in the future? What do you see you with Rewind, Unwind, 
your persona as a lady. What do you what do you see? What's what's in store for you? Your collector. Where do I see myself in five years? Yeah, okay. let's go three. Three, <laughs> okay. three is good. Um, you know, I just want to keep playing. Mm -hmm. I, I love acoustic music. I want to do more acoustic duo and trio work. Mm -hmm. um, a, it's a lot less work than playing in a band. Mm -hmm. But I love acoustic music. It's my, I really love it. Mm -hmm. And I think you can you can really get a lot more across. It's more intimate. Mm -hmm. And if you're the only guitar player in an acoustic trio, you have to be a lot more creative and you have to come up with, you know, you have a lot of holes to fill. And yes, you, you got to work on like different arrangement and how's it going to sound and Who's going to play the riff? <laughs> if you're not right. going to play it, right. how are you going to do that? Right. Sometimes you sing it. Right. But I really like that. I'm excited for Rewind to get going again after the pandemic, of course. Mm -hmm. um, in 2019, we played 65 gigs. No kidding. Yeah, we played a lot. You did. Sometimes two or three gigs in a week. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that as soon as things are going to open up again, we're going to be rocking right back in that mm -hmm. level again. So that's that's nice. That. Now, do you think that because of the pandemic and it affected millions, it affected from the from the lowest band all the way up to the greatest bands in the world? Uh, yeah, let's hope that 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 does happen. I know that we're going to open up, but it, it it hurt a lot of people. Hurt a lot of. So I think there should be a re, uh, you know revitalization. That's what I feel. You know, a lot of energy should be coming. And out I'm of really this. hoping that a lot of people. Um, that their values have changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I mean, mine certainly did. I certainly got some perspective on life and a lot of different things, you know, mm -hmm. not having anywhere to go for a few months. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it really made me appreciate, mm -hmm. you know, just like hanging out at the turf club. How cool is that? Mm -hmm. Just to be able to go and see a band on a Friday night and mm -hmm. have a few drinks. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to celebrate that just, hard. Just that, yes, exactly, exactly. So you, um, you're going to be coming back. You guys are coming back. Yeah. I want to ask you, 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 you gave us, you showed us some photos yeah. earlier. And um, they were some pretty interesting pictures right there. Yeah. Um, we pretty. talked about the posters and stuff. and But there was one of your father. Was it your father or your grandmother? Yeah, my dad. It my was dad. your father. So your dad was a singer and guitar player also? Yeah, he wrote and recorded all the songs. He wrote and played. And mm -hmm. he had a little band. His was uh, Barksdale. That's Don amazing. Barksdale, yeah. Because mm -hmm. my grandfather, we had a family ad agency in, in um, Oakland. Mm -hmm. And it was right next door to Barksdale's stu um, radio station. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, we would... Uh, write copy for radio jingles and stuff and my mm -hmm. dad would sing them too wow so my grandfather introduced him to uh don barksdale mm -hmm. interestingly enough uh tempest storm was actually a really good friend of our family too wow and she's still she's about 93 years old mm -hmm. but she used to come over to my grandparents house is she still co comprehensive you know i mean i, I haven't seen her in years my grandparents are long gone mm -hmm. so i haven't seen her since i think 2008. i definitely want sugar pie i've seen her just recently on a on a thing and a, you're you're one of the greatest sugar pie. James Brown once told her, "Don't work so so hard because he has to come out and just yeah. blaze." Because she's you've you've seen her probably yeah. her yeah. some of her old films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just great. So you know what? I want to thank you for coming on today. Uh, you wanted to give a shout out. Yes, to somebody. Yes, I do. Could you good look? Could look straight in the number two right here. And should you should we talk about him? Or you, what would you yeah, like yeah. Say? So so um, the whole reason I'm here, aside from being leggy and all that, mm -hmm. is because. Uh, Bad Apple Records in uh, Castorelli, Don. He and I talk all the time about music and records and stuff. And mm -hmm. and Don is the one that connected me with you, Greg. Even though you and I are Facebook friends, but mm -hmm. that's from another sort another of another realm. Another realm. And Don and I always talk. And I guess he thought I was interesting. And totally. 
So I'd like to just say, let's support Dawn and Bad Apple Records. Mm -hmm. It's the only record store in the area. Only. It's a, it's a it's vintage. Got, yeah, he's got a lot of hidden gems there. Go there and buy your records, order your records from Don. Um, you know, let's support him so he's going to be around, you know? Yeah, we need that. We need Don there. Don, thank you for bringing Leggy to my show. Um, and yeah, you just heard, we just gave you an endorsement, man. You're one of the great, great yeah. um, record stores in our area right now. The only one that's open, that, that's which right. is really cool. But I'd like to thank Leggy for coming on. Leggy, thank you. I want you to uh, have long life. Yeah, man. I want you just to be, when you go back out there, I want you to be powerful. And uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on. You too. Thank you, brother. Is it okay for me to say hello to a couple of Of course, man. Of course. All right. So I'd like to thank my lovely wife, Darlene, who is just, I mean, look at me. She's a saint, okay? Just to put up with me. And she got to, I got to do my makeup. I have to make a mistake. It's like diva action, you know? So anyway, she's a real saint. She's been with me for 34 years. Beautiful. And uh, I got some other good friends, Penny, one of my big fans, Penny Krogan, mm -hmm. out in Idaho now. But she's a, she's a big fan, and she's a great, very Beautiful. supportive gal. So anyway, that's about all Anybody I have for else? you. Um, well, of course, all my bandmates at Rewind, you there know, you looking forward to jamming with you guys and mm -hmm. playing some gigs. And, of course, my, my family, my dad and my mom. Mm -hmm. um, my mom's very supportive, and my dad, of course, is very supportive of all this mm -hmm. nonsense. And... Um, yeah, just all my good friends. Got a lot of friends out there. So we, you know, thank you so much. You know what? He shows a lot of himself to us today and how much he loves people. Uh, yeah. I'd like to thank Leggy for coming on. I'd like to have him on coming on probably in a year or two. Yeah. We'll have him back, see how he's doing. I'm going to get that little, um, you know outfit. I'm going to get that, that thing from, cream from him, man. Just really yeah, you will you know get it. it is. I will but I'd like to thank you so much yeah, for coming man. on. It was great. It was fun. And what we normally do, we should give a shout out to all our friends. We'd like to thank everybody for supporting us as being the number one independent show in this area. Thank you so much. We are worldwide. This is Harmonics with Leggy. I'm Gregory Korea, and we'd like to say peace and love to all of you. Rock on. Rock on.